Welcome to Rome Christian Center. We are so glad that you are with us here today. If you are local to the Rome, New York area, we would like to invite you to join us 10 a.m. and again at 6 p.m. on Sundays. We are located at 7985 Turin Road in Rome, New York. Let's join the service as we believe God has something in store for you today. I just felt as though as we were worshiping that God is continually just calling us back to love him and to obey him, uh, calling us back into relationship. No matter what stage of, uh, of the Christian walk we're in, no matter what's going on, God's still calling us back just like he did at the beginning. And I, I felt as though as we were singing that song that God's calling us back to grace, calling us back to to surrender and submit and trust him and, and let him take the lead for what's coming next and to get out of our own struggle and to get out of our own effort and to just sit back and say, God, I want to come back just as when I did at the beginning, when I, when I laid down my life and I said, I am a sinner and I need Jesus. Lord, we, help me to do that today in my walk with you. The Bible tells us that in this new covenant in Hebrews chapter 8, the Bible tells us, God, uh, and uh, Paul, I believe it was Paul, is quoting Ezekiel, and he says, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I'll make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. It's not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them in by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, because they did not continue in my covenant. And I disregarded them, saying, says the Lord, Verse 10, for this is the covenant that I want to make with the house of Israel. I want to put my laws in their mind and want to write my laws on their heart. And I will be their God and they will be my people. And I, the, in the old covenant, the, the children of Israel, they had to obey the law. They went through the ceremonies. They went through the sacrifices. It was very outward. But I feel like God says, I'm calling you back to a relationship walk. A heart, this is a heart thing where you surrender on the inside to me when you open up your heart and when we learn to walk and abide together. And that is the obedience that God wants to bring about by his grace in this new covenant where we know him inside, not outside. And where we step out and begin to obey him step by step. Uh, and the last thing I'll say is that Paul with the Galatian church, he said, who has bewitched you? You know, what's going on with you guys that you begin to obey a different covenant? How many know that that church wanted to come back under the law? They wanted to come back into outward observance, things, circumcision, ceremonies, washings, all of that. He said, no, 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 no. Listen, you've got to get back under grace. Did you receive the spirit by the works of the law or by grace? by the hearing of faith. So, Father, we thank you, God, that you're call, you call us back to love you, to obey you by your grace, by your leading, and through that inner relationship with you, Lord, where we know your laws and we know your thoughts on the inside. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Father, we just come together this morning to, to love you, Lord, to worship you, to give ourselves to you, to just to sit in your presence, Lord, and be strengthened and encouraged by your spirit. We bless you today as we, as we find you in your word and let your word strengthen and encourage us. In Jesus' name, amen. 
And amen. Praise God. We're going to start in Matthew chapter 12. Matthew chapter 12. I'm going to start reading in verse 33. You know, my Bible breaks uh, scriptures down into certain sections and puts little headings over it. And uh, just before verse 33, it says, words reveal character. Words reveal character. But I just want to either make the tree good, Jesus said, or and its fruit good, or make the tree bad, and its fruit bad, for the tree is known by its fruit. You brood of vipers, how can you being evil speak what is good? For the mouth speaks out of that which fills the heart. I like the King James says, for out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. And there's a truth there. You know, there's a, there's a link between your heart and your mouth. And whatever is in your heart eventually is going to come out your mouth. I mean, you might, you might kind of wink, you might kind of fake it for a while, but eventually what's in there is going to come out. The good man brings out of his good treasure what is good, and the evil man out of his evil treasure what is evil. But I tell you that every, especially these two scriptures I want to read, but I tell you that every careless word that people speak, they will give an accounting for it in the day of judgment. For by, you wor- for by your words you'll be justified, and by your words you'll be condemned. That's powerful. By your words we will be justified, and by your words you'll be condemned. Our words encompass a variety of expressions. Uh, words can uh, inform, they can instruct and, and direct. They can encourage, console, and comfort. But they can also be destructive. They can be hurtful or wounding. And, and words communicate emotion. They can, they can allow, you know, you know how someone is feeling by what they're saying. But there's another aspect of, of words that we speak that we, don't always, that we don't always think about, I guess, but sometimes we don't always aware of, and that is our words affect our interaction with the realm of the Spirit. Words uh, go into the realm of the Spirit and either, and either loose the Spirit of God and the things of God to come our way or, the, or loose the negative to come. You know, we are made in the image and the likeness of God, and God is a speaking God. God... God um, he causes things to happen. He brings everything into being by the words that he speaks. You know, it says, it says in Hebrews 11 and 3, by faith we understand that the worlds were framed and prepared by what? By the word of God. God spoke the world into existence. I mean, I remember years and years ago I was reading my Bible and I just, it just hit me. Just, I just saw it in Genesis chapter 1 where it says, and God said, and God said, and God said, and it was so, and God said, and it was so, and God said, and it was so. How did God bring all that we see, the universe into creation, all the things, by the words of his mouth? When he speaks, things get created. In Romans chapter 4, it says, the apostle Paul says, God calls things which be not as though they were. I like the New American Standard puts it this way. It says, God calls into being that which does not exist. How does he do it? By the words that he speaks, he calls into being things that don't exist. And God wants us to, to understand that because 
We, we can operate the same way. When, when we're believing God for something in our life, we have, to, we have to begin to call it into existence by the words that we speak. Now, we're, I'm not created. I can't create anything. But the Bible says God watches over his word to perform it. So when I speak the word of God, again, my, my words are affecting something in the realm of the spirit. And God goes to work to bring that to pass in my life. If I'll, if I'll just declare it in Jesus' name, if I'll speak it. I tell you, one of the greatest weapons we have is right, is right under our nose, and we, so many people, they, we ignore it. We don't speak, we, don't, we speak the negative. It's, it's so easy to speak the negative. It's so easy to speak uh, the, the, wrong, the wrong things. Those, it seems to me that those things want to just come out naturally. You have to almost fight to, to say the right thing. But God wants us to be declarers of, of his goodness, declarers of his grace, declarers of his power, declarers of his word, so that his word can come to pass in our life and we can have the things that he wants us to have. Hallelujah. In Mark eleven twenty three, is a very familiar passage of scripture. It's about it's it's the account where Jesus cursed the fig tree. And it says, in verse twenty, when Jesus, you know, Jesus was on his way to the temple, and he saw a fig tree in leaf, and he went to find something on it. The Bible says in. It was. It couldn't find any fruit on it, so he cursed the fig tree, and and the fig tree withered. And the apostles, the next day, the apostles said, "Lord, the fig tree that you cursed is withered." And Jesus answered in verse twenty-two. And Jesus answered and said to them, "Have faith in God, for verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things which he saith shall come to pass." He shall have whatsoever he says. The Bible, the Bible says, whatever you believe in your heart, and don't and you and don't doubt. That's the key. You have to believe it and don't doubt it. Whatever you believe in your heart and say with your mouth, the Bible says will come to pass. It will, but you have to you have to do it boldly. You have to do it persistently, and you have to have just keep declaring it. And you can't look at the natural circumstances that are trying to tell you no. God said it. I declare it. I believe it. You have to believe it in your heart. And say it in your mouth. You know, a couple of weeks ago, Frank taught on a Wednesday night, and he taught about doubt. You can't doubt, and that's that's a, such a key in that scripture. It's whatever you believe in your heart, and not doubt, and say with your mouth. You have to just because if you if you doubt, then you waver. And the Bible says if you waver, you get nothing from God. But God wants us to be declares of His goodness, declares of His power, declares of His grace, to see it come to pass in our lives. I tell you, and not just not just you don't just say it once. You say it and you declare it until it manifests in the natural. And, you know, the, the problem, I think, so many times is that people talk about their problem. They don't talk to it. They, you know, they talk about the mountain. Look at the mountain. Look at how big it is. Look at how bad it is. You know, they, they talk about the mountain instead of talking to it. And that's exactly what happened in Numbers chapter 13, 14, when the children of Israel, remember they went into the, to spy out the promised land? They came back and said, yes, it's a land that flows of milk and honey. The fruit is wonderful, but the, but the cities, oh, my God, the cities, the walls are big, they're strong, the people are big and strong. We can't do this. And they talked themselves right out of it. If they if they'd just said, thank you, but except for Joshua and Caleb, you know. So you know, what I, you know what I like about that? 
It's like, forget what everybody else is doing. You can, still, you can still get into your promised land, even if everybody else is missing it. Even if everybody else is talking the negative and missing it, you can still go into the promised land by, be, by being faithful to God and declaring his word. You can get what's coming to you, even if everybody else isn't, by just by doing what's right and speaking what God wants you to speak. Declare it in Jesus' name. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 18, the Apostle Paul said, While we look not at things which are seen, but at things which are unseen. So the question is, can we by faith see what we, what we desire? Can we see it? Can the eye of faith see it? I remember somebody, years ago I heard someone preach a message. It always stuck with me. He said, if you can see it, you can have it. If you can see it with the eye of your faith, if you can see it and declare it, it'll come to you. It will. How, how will it come? I don't know. When will it come? I'm not old, but it'll come because God said it would. So the how and the when is up to God. The speaking is up to us. And God will do it to you. He will. You know, we need, we need to just believe. If this, if this isn't true, then the word's not true. Jesus said, if you believe it and say it, you can have it. And that's why, and, it's, and it works. It works, but you have to work it. Because we walk by faith, the Bible says, and not by sight. In Mark chapter 16 and verse 19, and, in Mark, and in, I'm sorry, in Matthew 16, 19, and Matthew 18, 18, both scriptures that say, whatever you bind on earth shall have been bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall have been loosed in heaven. If we bind things on earth, we loose things. Well, by the words of our mouth, declaring it in Jesus' name. Sometimes we haven't seen victory in a particular area because we have not forcefully attacked it. We have to attack it. You know, just, that's what James, James, in James chapter 3, James said, our tongue controls the whole, a whole of our whole life. Your tongue is like a rudder on a ship. It's like a, it's like a bridle in a horse's mouth. This big ship is, is, is uh, controlled by this little rudder. You know, this, I don't know why this is popping up, but, you know, in World War II, I like, I like, what, I like watching history documentaries. I was watching a, a World War II documentary about the sinking of the Bismarck, this German battleship, the Bismarck. You know how that thing was sunk? Well, they, the, the, the English were out to get it, and they sent out these old World War I biplanes, these torpedo biplanes. They sent them out, something, something fish, they were called. And, uh, and one of the torpedoes from this old biplane hit the, hit the rudder on the, on the Bismarck. And the Bismarck was turning to try to avoid, you know, to try to avoid, and it got hit, and it jammed the rudder in, so that the ship couldn't do anything but go in circles. And they, and they just gathered around it and sunk it. But it's the rudder, the rudder, the rudder, you couldn't move the rudder, the ship was vulnerable and it died. And the same, and the same it's like, a, you put a bit in a horse's mouth and that big strong horse just goes wherever you want. Your tongue is like that, controls your life. That's why you have to watch it. Be careful. But we can, we can have the promises of God in our life. Proverbs 4.23, guard your heart with all diligence for out of it flow the issues of life. How do they flow out? Through the words of our mouth. The Bible says, we quote that scripture in Matthew chapter 12, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. There's a direct connection between the heart and the mouth to declare what you have. And what does it say in Romans chapter 10? That if you, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and what? And believe in your heart that God raised from the dead, you will be saved. For with the 
heart man believes, and with the mouth confession is made unto, unto salvation, but it's unto anything. For with the heart man believes, and the mouth confesses unto healing, unto deliverance, unto provision, unto wisdom and guidance, or whatever you need. The heart believes, the mouth speaks, and it comes to pass. So sure, just as surely as that will get you saved, it will get you all the promises of God. But we have to watch. We have to be speakers of the word. Our mouths can be our greatest assets. Our mouths can be our greatest hindrance. Our words can bring about victory or defeat. You know, listen. In Psalm 109, talking about a wicked, talk about the wicked man. In Psalm 109, it says, He loved cursing, so it came to him. He did not delight in blessing, so it was far from him. But he, the wicked man, but he clothed himself with cursing as with his garment, and it entered into his body like water and like oil into his bones. And, I, and, and cursing here doesn't mean dropping F-bombs. It's like to, when Jesus cursed the fig tree, he didn't drop an F-bomb on it. I, mean, I, don't mean to be, I don't mean to be crude or blasphemous, but he, he, spoke, the, he spoke negative. Cursing is speaking the negative, speaking, speaking what's wrong. Speaking the darkness. And he says, you love cursing, it'll, it'll come to you. Derek Prince tells this story. His first wife was uh, quite a bit older than he was. Derek Prince's first wife was like 25 years older than he was. And, uh, and, and she, she was a wonderful Christian lady, but she wasn't particularly attractive, and she, she hated her legs. She, she, she wouldn't go to the beach. She, wouldn't want to, she didn't want to wear shorts because she's always, saying, My, she's always speaking about her legs. That she thought her legs looked terrible. And finally, one day, God gave, her, gave him a revelation. He said, she's cursing her legs. You know, stop it. He said, Do you stop cursing your legs. Start speaking good things to your legs. It's, see, she's a wonderful, she was a wonderful Christian lady, but she wasn't, she wasn't quite aware that her, of all the words she speak. We have to be very careful of the words that we speak because they come to pass in our life, whatever we believe in our hearts and say with our mouth. If we're going to be recipients of the promises, we have to take the word of God and go to war with it. Hebrews 13, 6, so that I might boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What will man do to me? If God's going to be my helper, I have to boldly say it. Call him that. Thank you, Jesus. You're my helper in all things in my life. And I'll, I'll boldly declare it and believe it. We need to be aggressive, determined, and persistent. In Matthew chapter 11 and verse 12, it says, the kingdom of God suffers violence, what? And the violent take it by force. You know, there's, there's an aspect, and God, God wants to be that way. You know, I, when I was doing my notes, I thought, you know, God, God is a loving God. The Bible says that God is, is a gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness and truth. That, that's God's nature. He's never harsh. He's never mean. He's never cruel. But against his enemies, God is a fighter. Amen. You know, he's a warrior. And that is an, it's an aspect of God that we don't talk about very much. But, that's, but there's an aspect of him that defeats his enemies, and he wants us to be there. He wants to have that aspect in us, that we're loving people, we're kind, we're wonderful, we're generous to others. But boy, when we, when we bump into the enemy, boy, here we go, you know.
In Exodus chapter 15 and verse 3, it says, The Lord is a warrior. The Lord is his name. He's the Lord of hosts, the Bible says, in many places in the Bible. He's the Lord of hosts, which means he's the God of the armies of heaven. You know, in Isaiah chapter 42 and verse 13, it says, The Lord will go forth like a warrior. He will arouse his zeal like a man of war. He will utter a shout. Yes, he will raise a war cry. He will prevail against his enemies. God wants us to raise a war cry when necessary. Prevail against the enemies that come against us. Who is the king of glory? Psalm 24. Who is the king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. <coughs> Excuse me. There's a story in 2 Kings chapter 6. Well, it is a, there's a couple of chapters. But there's a story in 2 Kings where the, the Arameans, the, if you have a King James, it talks about the Syrians, but it's, it's this country's in the Bible days, it was called Aram. The Arameans were fighting against Israelites. And the prophet Elijah was telling the king exactly what, what, what their battle plan was. And the king of Aram got mad. He said, well, we got a spy in the camp. Every time we go someplace, they're waiting for us. They're ready. Who's spying on us? Someone said, no, no one's spying. It's that prophet Elijah. He tells, he tells, he, he tells, the, 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 Israel, he tells the king of Israel what you're thinking in your bedroom. He says, well, we could take care of this guy. So they sent this army to Dothan. He was staying in a place called Dothan. I've been to Dothan. It's in Alabama. <laughs> Bad joke. But he, anyway, he, was, he went to, so he surrounds Dothan with this huge army. And, you know, the, the servant of the prophet comes out in the morning. And he sees this army. He go, and he's all upset. He, he gets hold of Elijah. He says, what are we going to do? Uh, what did Elijah say? He said, God opened his eyes. God opened his eyes and what he saw, horses and chariots of fire all around about Elijah. God is a fighter. He'll fight. God wants us to be a fighter. And you weren't, you weren't going to win. You weren't going to take Elijah, and you're not going to take us in Jesus' name. Because we're going to speak the word. We're going to speak the word. We're going to use the name of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, the word of God. We're going to declare what God says, and we're going to be victorious in our lives. Hallelujah. You know, some people only want to see the, the love side of God. And I remember, I remember I, this was years ago, I was watching some, some news program and they had some liberal theologian on, some pastor. It was really, really made me mad. And he was, saying, he, he was saying things like this. He said, well, how, how could a loving God send somebody to hell? You know, that, that's mean. That's cruel. I don't believe God would ever do that. I thought, read, read your Bible, you You know, you don't you don't know you don't know you don't know scripture, you don't know God. You just you just want your own idea of who God is. God is loving, yes, and God is tolerant and God is accepting. That's true. But doesn't mean that he accepts a sinful lifestyle. He loves me just the way I am. Some people say, Well, he loves me just the way I am, so I'm okay. No. He loves you just the way you are, but he loves you too much to leave you the way you are. What does the Bible say? The Bible says, You shall be holy for I'm holy, says the Lord. God wants us to live a particular lifestyle, a holy lifestyle unto him. A jealous and avenging God. This is a wonderful scripture in Nahum. Nahum chapter 1 and verse 2. God is an avenging, an avenging God is the Lord. The Lord is avenging and wrathful. The Lord takes vengeance on his adversaries and reserves wrath for his enemies. See, when we, need to, when we see sickness and disease, 
or we see depression or insecurity or self-pity or anything negative that wants to come against us, we need to attack that thing mercilessly in Jesus' name because that's what God would do. Give no place to the devil, the Apostle Paul said. The name of Jesus is the name above every name. So God wants us to be victorious in our life. God wants us to understand the, the power of the words that we speak and to speak them, to believe them and speak, just to believe them and speak them what God says. And we can have victory in our life. You have to, you have to work at it. You have to, uh, that's one thing I really liked about Norval Hayes. It was an aspect of his personality. He was like a bulldog. Boy, he'd sink his teeth into something. He wouldn't let it go. He'd pray and pray and pray and pray and pray and pray until that thing just manifested. He, he said, that thing's going to manifest in the earth. Because I, because I am going to stay, I'm going to stay faithful to my confession. So I just want to encourage you this morning. So anything in your life that needs to change, start speaking against it. You have a mountain in your life, start speaking against it. Sickness and disease, I tell you, I speak to this, I speak to this, these tremors, I speak to this Parkinson's, I speak to it in Jesus' name. You can't stay in my body, I don't care. You can't, I don't care. I don't know how you get in, but you can't stay in Jesus. My body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a life-giving spirit and gives life to my mortal flesh in Jesus' name. I am healed by the stripes of Jesus. God declared, I am the Lord that healeth thee. So I, am, I say I'm healed in Jesus. By the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. And, and whatever it is in your life you need, finances, deliverance, wisdom and direction, for, for, you just start declaring it in Jesus' name. I tell you, when Noble when Hayes, when God took him to heaven and showed him what needed to be done about his daughter's the growth on his daughter's body. He came to earth and he had to, it was weeks. It took weeks for that to happen. He prayed and prayed and prayed for weeks and weeks and weeks. I mean, God took him to Jesus. God took him to heaven and Jesus gave him a direct, you'd think he'd come back down and boom, that thing would just happen. But it didn't. He had to, he had to stay faithful and not doubt. And that's, and that's another thing. Well, you know what? I don't remember that testimony. But one of the things Jesus said to him, he said, and don't, just when he was coming back to earth, he said, don't doubt son, don't doubt. So when doubt and unbelief comes, you've got to kick that out. Stay faithful to God. Stay faithful to his word. His word works. Somebody say, somebody say his word works. In Jesus' name, it does. Thank you, Lord. Father, I bless you. I thank you, Lord, for giving us your word. I thank you that you watch over your word to perform it. You said, Lord, that no word will return void without succeeding in the matter for which you sent it, without accomplishing what you desire. So we're going to speak the word with boldness. We're going to declare, we're going to stand on your word and see it manifested in our life. See the blessings of God manifested. See all the provision of God manifested. Why, thank you, Lord, that we can be like you. We can speak words of faith and see the result in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for being with us today. Our prayer is that your life be enriched through the power of God's Word and that you be filled with His love and strength as you daily serve Him. To learn more about our service times and our ministry and how it is that you can partner with us, visit us online today at romechristiancenter.com.